Hey everybody, today we have an episode with, uh, our podcast is with Kukiani, a LA-based uh, arts collective, or music collective. Um, we had did an interview in Little Tokyo back in December or January, and uh, they actually are going to come out with an album uh, March 25th, so we wanted to align it with that. They're really excited to have this out there and give their audience a chance to get to know them and get to know where they're coming from. I also just want to say that... Um, you know, when you put people together, it's like in this podcast or in other types of arenas, uh, you really don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, I really have no idea. I don't, I don't, I'm not that confident where, or arrogant where I'm just like, okay, every conversation is going to be amazing. But honest to God, uh, the three of us or the four of us just vibed in such an incredible way and uh, really just dug deep and, and, and got into some depth. Uh, so I'm really happy to have done this with Kukiani. Uh, I'm really happy just I've gotten to know them and uh, this podcast really reflects uh, just a, a really, <laughs> just like a, a melding of four people in a way that I just, I couldn't have predicted. And I couldn't have, even if you asked me, if you asked me what would have been the best case scenario or what what's like the, the best possible situation or the best possible podcast, I couldn't have, I couldn't have even come up with this because it was just, it was really good next level stuff. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. And uh, I hope you all enjoy it. Thanks. Yeah, that's great. It's really nice, yeah. yeah. So can we uh, just go around and say names and what you all do? Mm-hmm. So, we just... so my name is Marisa Martinez, or Misa, and I'm a singer in the group Gani. Nice. My name is Marlene Beltran Cuauhtin, and uh, I'm a singer and a teaching artist and also a theater director. Nice. What do you do with theater directing? Um, well, I usually direct, I do, I self-produce. Okay. So... Just depends what just venue. Project yeah. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. And my name is Tony Sauza, and I am the singer and guitar player for Bikani. And uh, we'll get to more specific questions, but if anyone just like just ground us in, in what uh, your project is about, that'd be really a good place to start. I think. Mm-hmm. Who wants to dive into that? Yeah, I think so. We have multiple different elements of what we're trying to be about, but two very main elements um, that we are focusing on are. Our, you know, musical capability as having three singers, we're, lo- we're able to have lots of harmony mm. and really rich vocal sound. On and the so, technical side of it. On yeah. the technical side. So I think that's like a really, something that's really unique about us is our rich and warm and full vocal sound. Um, but then another thing that makes us unique is that we are trying to be active in the community mm-hmm. with our art and we're trying to mm-hmm. engage in community organizing and community activism awesome. through our art and through our music and in a very um, direct, connected way, um, not in a you know distant um, or kind of superficial way, but mm-hmm. very much in an active, um, long-term, continuous way. So would you say that a lot of the music and the art is informed by your activist work or your organizing work? I think it, yeah, I think both of, you know, the music informs our, our activism and the activism informs our music. I think it's kind of a reciprocal relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all songwriters also, and so we... Um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, we're all songwriters also and and we all are all educators in some way and, mm-hmm. and artists and activists and so I think all of those different elements informs you know what we what we put out and how we engage as a group awesome so that praxis right of like practice and reflection. definitely definitely awesome mm-hmm. I want to get into that activism too so but mm-hmm. let's keep talking about what yeah. the music's about yeah, do you yeah, all yeah. want to add something to that impression yeah um and I, I think I want to add to what Misa was saying in terms of 
the music informing the activism and vice versa. I think, um, you know, when our album comes out and you hear it, you will definitely get a sense of, of the things that are important to us in terms of uh, social justice. Mm. But also um, something that is uh, that we focus on is, is telling stories and, um, and, you know, what those stories mean to us personally and then how those um, how our audience will then be able to connect to those stories mm-hmm. as well. And we're going to dive into that too because I want to hear about that for sure. Sure. Let's just keep circling around. What's the, tell us more about the sound and your experience with it. Uh, it's this ever-evolving, ever-changing kind of thing. Um, you know, originally when, when the group first formed, um, I, I came with a lot of, I'm heavily inspired by reggae and Afro-Cuban music and Afro-Latin music in general. And um, just, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the early stuff was, was that. And, you know, coming from, from me as like the, the a big chunk of the source. And then of that, over of that, of that, of that initial sound, basically yeah. that initial sound, and then um, you know, and then Marlene and Misa were coming with with their ideas and and really um, just added a whole other dimension to the sound of the group. So it's kind of like you know we we've 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 been playing around with it and really trying to figure out what it is. And I think in the end, um, like Misa said, like like you're gonna hear a lot of a lot of uh, different rhythms, like you know reggae or you hear like folk kind of sound stuff a lot of a lot of soul and funk as well but in the end like the common denominator is like the vocal harmonies and and kind of what that what that brings to each song um along along with the stories and and all you know all the different um ways that that life gets gets reflected through different perspectives mm-hmm. and all you all are you all from los angeles yeah i'm you know, born and raised in Los Angeles. Me too. Um, <laughs> I was uh, literally born in East LA. Nice. So people watching that movie, I was like, yeah, it's basically yeah. my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Cheech Marin yeah. growing up together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Down on Whittier Boulevard, you know. Very cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, I just love Los Angeles. I think that it's a hard city for people to understand that aren't from here and that are it really is. that come to the city because it's it really so spread is. out and it can feel very disconnected at times. But I and think it's also ridiculously segregated too. It is very ridiculous. Lots of big cities though are ridiculously segregated, but Absolutely. they have really good public trans- public transportation, right. so, so you, you can, can get, get around. Through, yeah, you can integrate it. In yeah. yeah, but um, I love LA. It's my home, and I think that I don't. I don't, yeah, I don't really know if we could make this music anywhere else besides LA. You probably couldn't. You know? <laughs> I mean, when, when people like talk to me and they're like, oh, yeah, I've been to Los Angeles and I hate it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, where did you go? Mm-hmm. And it's usually they've been to the West Side, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. You know, for all my West Side listeners, which are probably aren't many, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like you. Yeah. Uh, not you specifically, but, but the region. I, yeah, that you're from. I'm an East Side hardcore bias to the East Side. Like East Side all the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah, the West Side sucks. Like mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of wealthy entitled people. The 405 is horrible. Like that's it's not, and yeah. you can't get a good taco out there, mm-hmm. right? Like I grew up in Montebello, and that's where I know and I operate, yeah. and yeah. that's where my life and my blood is. You know? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so who does the composing of the music? Or the deck sets up these layers of sound. We all do. We all do. We we we're, we've just been talking about this recently about our process of songwriting and what it, what it's been up until this point is that each individual person has kind of had the impetus for a song or the idea, okay. the very Someone spark. Someone starts feeling it. Yeah, the very spark for an idea and maybe especially because you know we're all singers, we'll usually come in. Well, me and Marlene will come in with like, you know, maybe like melody and lyrics, and then we'll bring it to the band and we'll kind of develop it. Um, and um, but it really has come from each individual. So each individual has really been 
been um, the person to bring all these different unique songs to the group. And, um, you know, we're talking about just trying to even push back on ourselves and our way of, of songwriting and maybe even flip it and try to do some collective songwriting within ourselves mm. a bit. But, um, just but, like jam it out and see what comes out. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, up until this point, just naturally, organically, it's really been every single person has so many ideas that they can bring to the group that we've been able to get such a full, diverse sound. So does it start with the lyrics and the singing first? Is that kind of the origin? or? I mean, that's how I write. I don't know if anybody else wants to talk about how other people write, but mostly I think, you know, because I, I really feel strongly and passionately, first and foremost, about being a singer. It's a, like I hear melody and lyrics first, and then I'll go to, you know, the arranging aspect so it's of like it. So it sounds like you're, that's your, like, primary identity Yeah, being a singer. I think so, for me, at least at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, in terms of songwriting, it comes in the form of a feeling, yeah. um, something that I I can't contain, so I have to find a way to express it. Something that's just like, yeah. like a little volcano just popping and out. And I just have to, you know, either start singing a melody that that is helping me to to sort of communicate this feeling, Processing. or I I write a poem that then, mm. if, in, um, where I am searching for what this feeling yeah. is. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, very, it's very poetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I think, I think uh, we've. This is a wonderful problem to have. Like, it's been hard keeping up with all of the different ideas that everybody's bringing to the table. Like, we've almost had to like, you know, put some some of them on hold because we've been busy like recording the album and taking care of all the preparations for for the release and everything. So, um, you know, it, it's just been so much that it's hard to keep up with and and. Um, and yeah, even even that like pushing on on you know so far that's been the model is is that yeah somebody comes with an idea and then you know um, there's like big influence from that initial idea and then the band kind of rallies around that right and finds ways but really customizes it to the original writer like the person yeah. with the, like really kind of like catering t- to them right and now we're kind of like you know talking about exploring songwriting from from different angles yeah what would, what would that look like uh, just trying to come up with music collectively if it is a sort of it's driven by a personal passion or a personal feeling right I think it would look um, <clears throat> a lot more you know right now I think we're, we're coming we have people coming in from you know whatever their day or their lives or whatever and bringing these ideas to the group and what it would look like to do it collectively would be to all be in that moment together so literally like you said just start jamming or like organize around a theme or what, what it could think? be it could be that but even less organized than that even sure. just like start jamming and if a groove starts to come up just you know just whatever kind of comes out mm-hmm. and then if you know if somebody starts singing or if somebody starts playing like a lick or something just kind of really trying to feel out what feels authentic and what feels um like that 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 spark of energy that's gonna you know that's gonna that could potentially turn into you know a full idea could be there because you know there's a lot of feeling out when you're jamming there's a lot of like oh you know we're trying this out but we haven't really hit it yet okay let's try something else okay that's good but like still there's something and then the and then bam you hit it and you can all feel it and you're like yeah and you just keep going with that um is that more is that a consequence of just getting having known each other a lot more and just feeling more comfortable to to be in that sort of intimate space of, of creation and and sort of challenging each other and doing all that. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the deeper the relationships between the musicians that are doing that process together, the the more meaningful and you know, and rich the outcome is going to be for sure, for sure. 
Um, how long, have you, I guess, along that, those lines, how long have you been performing together? We've been performing together for three years. For three Three years. years. How'd y'all find each other? Let's get into that question. That's exciting. (laughs) This guy? Yeah, we can, can, you know, it's it's a podcast, you have to describe (laughs) what you're doing. So they all all point at Tony. Both Tony and Pony. They're all pointing at Tony. That's funny. Pointing at Tony. Uh, People forget that and I have to remind them to describe things. (laughs) Yeah, um, pretty much like I had, you know, I've been performing out for many, many, many years, you know, just out in in the scene and and um, I had taken some time off to, to go get my master's degree and working on, uh, uh, I started teaching music uh, during the day as well. So, and I just needed a break from, from all that stuff, you know? Grind. Yeah. So I took, I took maybe about like a good amount, like maybe like four years off and I was finally ready to, you know, after all that time, I like was gigging as a salsa singer as well. <laughs> and just, you know, just doing like little, little projects here and there. Did you ever perform there. at Steven's Steakhouse? I hear they have a big you know, salsa night. I've never done Steven's Steakhouse. Because it's like a weird, yeah, weird yeah. place. And then people, because I grew up in Montebello, so it's like on the <laughs> south side. It was like, oh man, it's the best salsa place ever. Like, shut up. No, yeah, it, no it is. I heard, yeah, no. Yeah, I used to go dancing there like all the time with my wife. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty nuts. No, it's, I mean, Steven's Steakhouse is a legendary place. Yeah. yeah. Like but, I th- but like to me growing up near there, it's just like some shitty place that I would never yeah. go to. No, I but think like, like. But it's like an anchor for Tito people. Tito Puentes performed yeah, there. I think Celia Cruz performed there. Yeah, it's legit. It's legit. But um, yeah, I was just ready to start, ready to start performing, ready to start a, a creative group again. You know, like I was, you know, like I, I was in that outlet. Yeah, I just kind of noticed that that you know, there's a lot of musicians who are happy playing covers or doing, you know, other just jamming or jumping from group yeah, to group and doing all these things. And, and I just kind of realized like my my true passion and I kind of feel like my calling was in like creative songwriting and being in a creative group um, dynamic with a lot of people. So um, I was ready and just everybody, you know, everybody in the group is like they're people who I have known and had great relationships with in the past or currently whatever and 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 at the same time like I I wanted something that where I can depend on everybody you know what I mean like I think like being in a, in a band like anybody that's ever been in a band knows that it's it's there's a lot of like like just a, a, a lot of drama with like communicating mm-hmm. and and you know depending on people and all these things so like I, I really wanted people that were super like reliable and dependable but also got down musically down with, yeah. you know what I mean yeah, and just because too. I knew I knew like if those two elements were in place that we we had you know we had a much better chance of of uh, of kind of of actually getting being productive mm-hmm. you know so yeah like I you know I knew Caitlin and Caitlin through uh through the master's program the Afro Latin program at Cal State LA mm-hmm. um John was in my previous band uh, Umo Verde um, and then uh, Marlene also had done like collaborations with her, like several different projects with her as well in the past. And then Misa I met in Seattle for this uh, world music, Smithsonian world music pedagogy kind of thing. Two folks so, from LA met each other in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. always cool. laugh at that, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, so it was just all from, from different channels, but, but that was a common thing that it was just people that I was super cool with and that, that um, I knew were just great musicians. Mm. Mm. I just want to say that. Feels like something pretty big. Just like oh wow. No, I mean, I I always mention this, and and I almost kind of do it like it bothers me, but it really doesn't. Um, Just that, you know, when whenever we get asked that question about 
uh, how did we all meet and stuff. And everyone has like this really cool story. And I usually don't ask that actually. So yeah. It's, it's kind of a first for me. And in our uh, the way that I met Tony is also a really cool story. It's just not as like you know romantic like we met in seattle at a fandango and, 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 and I, think, right. I think it's the most romantic <laughs> i'm serious like i think that is is the most romantic right, well, one somebody gotta throw it down Come well it. and i mentioned it just because i think it like you know you meet people and it kind of changes your life and i think that that was one of those instances where i'm you know at this party in east l.a with my home girl we were both there to see another band um so it was like a backyard what was, what was it was band? upground yeah. it was a backyard party and uh you know mosh pit had a blast <laughs> right party's winding down my homegirl carmen's like everybody gather around hear ye hear ye my friend's gonna sing for you because apparently this is an old british <laughs> right backyard yeah. party. exactly <laughs> and and so she starts like gathering these people and i start to sing and there's like a little crowd and you know people listen clap and woo all right get this girl a beer um but tony was one of those people that was there at the party and heard me sing and uh he came up to me afterwards and you know, we, we talked a little bit and we exchanged numbers and then that's how we started to collaborate. Mm. But it was that simple little meeting well, yeah, in a organic. backyard yeah. party that kind of kicked it off. And now, like, I don't know, like a decade later, we're in a band together. You know, that's like half of my like first podcast guests, that's basically how it happened. I'd be somewhere at an event or something. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, hey, you're awesome. Can we, can I interview you? And then mm-hmm. kind of how it goes. And then they, you know, we have a good experience and then they introduce me to somebody else. And it yeah. Keeps, like snowballing that way yeah. and it's really organic and it's mm-hmm. kind of how do we operate right because yeah. we're a community mm-hmm. community of people even though we live in different places yeah yeah we're really tied up together and i think in general yeah like and what you say it's just it's an attraction of people you know of like-minded people you feel that vibe things you know? exactly you're going off of the vibe and and i kind of feel like some people choose to ignore that vibe and just kind of like oh wait like no i can't do this or i can't do that yeah. and the people that do kind of you know end up having yeah these amazing like interactions and and things that develop into far bigger things you know so well and i think it's the one consistent like variable with all these folks that i'm interviewing even for my own process is uh just that fear of stepping out and like making it happen Mm -hmm. and and getting past that anxiety and that anxiety is real and that comes from a different place and for a lot of folks that are working class or folks of color in this country it's because of structural racism and all these other factors but um but it's also important for us to find ways to support each other so we can get past that and create yeah, these spaces that we're, we're designing together. Absolutely. You know? It's my wax poetic for the day. Yeah. <laughs> keep it going, keep it going. Yeah. Um, so I also forgot to ask somebody, can you just describe where we are? Like, does somebody just want to yeah, let us know? Yeah, so we're in Little Tokyo right now, um, downtown LA. We are in front of the JACCC, which is the Japanese American Community Cultural Center. In front of the Aratani Theater. Theater. Yeah, the Aratani Theater. And um, yeah. And why'd y'all choose this spot? Just logistics or? We well, I'm actually um, helping organize another musical um, artist, musical activism organizing community organizing workshop series called Fandango Obon. That's um, hap- that happened today at the Higashi Buddhist Temple. That's right here behind uh, the youth space and this uh, the, the JACCC. And um, it's a it's a workshop series that's basically bringing together three different distinct musical traditions: traditional Japanese music, traditional folk music from Mexico, and then African dance and, and drumming. Damn. And so um, I was here before, and so we decided that this would be a really 
good place to meet just because of, of you know, time and energy traveling. But also, you know, I do think this is a significant place to meet in terms of a cultural center in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah. You know, it's definitely um, the J.A. community in L.A. has always been interwoven, you know, with J. being Japanese, Japanese American. American, yes, um, with the, um, you know, with the you know, specifically like Chicano community in LA. We were just, I was just in a room with a whole bunch of um, Japanese American older, elder women that were mm. talking about how they grew up in Boyle Heights oh, and grew up, you know. Because there's like random like noodle spots and like sushi oh, spots all yeah. over. Oh yeah, Boyle Heights like, was second. one of the most diverse neighborhoods, yeah. you know, and still is one of the most diverse neighborhoods yeah, yeah, yeah. in Los Angeles. There was Japanese communities, there was Italian communities, there was Russian communities, there was, you know, all kinds of Chinese communities. There was the whole and also bunch of mix. camps all over California. Exactly. And people that lost their land. You know where uh, I grew up. Yeah, and then because there was such this mix during the internment camps, just, just that you brought it up, a lot of what ended up happening was there was a, a brown and, and Asian alliance that happened where the um, their neighbors would take over their homes or their businesses while they were in the internment camps and keep them for them, so they mm. wouldn't be, um, you know taken over by you know white owners or white you know business owners and stuff like that and so they actually hmm. you know brown folks actually helped out these people that were in turn so that when they came back they were able to maintain their businesses and it's a story that needs homes. to be told definitely so yeah i do think that this is even though it was also out of you know necessity and out of logistical reasons i think that this is a very pertinent place to meet and talk about arts and culture in la mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, I, mean, I think i think it's also part of like um how it is that we get divided is those stories don't get told, mm-hmm. right? The examples Definitely. of where it is that we interact Definitely. and where it is that we share power together. Yeah. Like they try to erase from our from our shared narratives. Definitely. Yeah, and, cre- and you know, and, and credit to like the credit to the Japanese American Cultural Center for mm-hmm. you know for um, you know like hosting events and embracing like mm-hmm. different cultural mm-hmm. groups from around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, like here, like the Aratani Theater, like they have tons of mm. of concerts. You know that yeah. that really exemplify. Uh, yeah you know, musical cultures from, from all over, so. And you were just a participant, you just participated in the Cumbia Fest that was hosted at the... Yeah, like, like they had a Cumbia the, Festival here in, in uh, February or March of this mm. year, of 2015. Mm. Um, yeah, with, you know, with, with like local LA Cumbia, Cumbia groups performing, so. Which is also yeah, really just, like resurgent sort of. Yeah, exactly. Thing within our generation. Yeah, so so yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like this, this is definitely, um, you know, we have we have hubs in LA, absolutely. like cultural hubs, and and I would definitely say that this is one of them. You know, like a really, really key important one. Yeah, and then place tells a story too, right? How places form and, and all those elements. I mean, I'm also just thinking of like how the how the, like the Philippine participation in the UFW movement mm-hmm. is just completely erased. Yes. Yeah. You know? yes. So what the fuck is that? Yeah, these stories do need to be told yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that. I'm gonna research that business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a researcher. I could do that. The documentary right there. Yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> oh, there's Noboko. That's uh, that's Noboko Miyamoto. She's the woman that's organizing the Fandango Bone Project. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's her granddaughter. I'm glad I asked that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Shouldn't have stopped by. Oh, a little cameo appearance. That'd be fun. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about the activism. I'm okay. really excited to hear about that. So what do, what do y'all, so I, I do a lot of labor organizing and, mm-hmm. and um, I work with unaccompanied minors and different things. Okay. That's kind of like where, where my head is at a lot of the yeah. times when I think about activism. Definitely. What do y'all do? Um, well, I mean, I, I think I've considered myself an activist and a, definitely a conscious person all my life. I was heavily involved in student organizations when I was um, at PCC and then at UCLA and we did a lot of um, you know, work, we did a lot of organizing around anti 
anti-war um, causes, but we did, you know, on a you know myriad of diverse issues. Maybe I saw um, you at a protest back then. Maybe, mm. yeah, it's very Probably. possible. It's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially like the POC community and within that was relatively small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Um, so I've done, you know, kind of traditional organizing in that sense where, you know, we're, we're considered, you know, activists and we're organizers and we're there to mobilize people and we're there to, um, you know, put on events or organize protests or, you know, hold marches or hold vigils or hold teach-ins. Um, and I've, I've done a little bit of, um, within that, I think I witnessed, you know, and I was participating in more kind of, um, more kind of collective sort of, um, intimate ways of, mm-hmm. of, of doing organizing, yeah. um, which would, which would I consider like, you know, I think like something like a teach-in is, is very, um, can be a way of maybe not just holding one event that happens on one day, but something that you can do that, you know, is going to have a lasting event, a mm-hmm. lasting effect. Um, and so I think something that we're trying to do is to kind of marry the worlds of being artists with being activists and being you know, involved in community organizing. And what does that look like? Does it look like, you know, just playing at a protest or does it look like doing something more engaging and, a, and something that people are going to be able to, to invest parts of themselves in and then take that with them and, mm-hmm. and carry what we're, what we're trying, the message that we're trying to convey mm-hmm. on with them. Um, and so I think we're still, you know, we're still in the process right now of really, you know, figuring out what that means specifically for our group. We have, you know, incredible role models um, in Quetzal and Martha mm-hmm. um, from the group Quetzal. Mm-hmm. Um, Quetzal's been producing some of our songs and, mm. um, okay. and Martha has been coming on and helping and producing as well. But also just, you know, acting as sort of mentors for us in in the realm Even of like a framework to operate under. Yeah, I think in the realm of their their I mean their group has been very dedicated, you know, they consider themselves artivists and they um, you know, really believe in the power of, you know, community uh, development and through through the arts and um, through engaging in arts actively um, with community. And um, you know, it looks a very specific way with them and they've developed their curriculums over decades and you know I think now we're in the process right now of starting yeah. our journey you know and in, in kind of taking up the torch in a sense mm-hmm. you know not necessarily doing it in the exact same way um, but you know recreating and kind of deciding what we what that means for us as a group yeah exactly I mean I mm-hmm. think it, it could it could take so many different manifestations and you can uh, you know what I mean like you as a group you can make conscious decisions to focus on one particular way of, of going about it or, or another and different combinations that that could take are just seem very open you know and and um i think for for me personally like i'm i'm very uh interested in in yeah and trying to develop like our model internally like as a group and what that looks like but then also trying to trying to see if that model is replicable Mm. for other groups because you know in the end like we're we're essentially trying to to redefine what being a musician is for us like when i tell you like you know, hey, I'm a musician. If you didn't know me or anything, like you, you already start to have all these different connotations. It's a impression that yeah, right, forms in your mind. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so I, I know I'm definitely you know interested in trying to find ways to make our our music more functional. You know what I mean? And actually be something that is not just for entertainment. Um, Hold on. Yeah. 
sounds of LA, dude. It is sounds of LA. <laughs> I was having there's like a siren earlier too. Yeah. <laughs> and I pick up different frequencies because of the microphone, so I'm yeah. hearing all sorts of other shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I think we're good. Go ahead. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So so really um yeah so I'm I'm just I'm just interested in in really uh, redefining what it is to be a musician and and making our music less you know even though we love the idea of entertaining people and making people feel good and inspiring people I think those are things that we love and we want to keep doing you know but adding on we want to add more to that and really make it something that that plays an active role in in uh, in community work you know like an like a real active role like like where yeah something that's very tangible and something that that yeah we're not we're not observing the movement we're not like you know what i mean like we're commentators on yeah exactly exactly Mm -hmm. you know like we we really really want to want to be speaking about it from within and we want to be sharing stories from people and we want to you know and and we want to also contribute to projects that the community is saying are important you know what i mean And, and us you know us kind of help help with that so there's just a lot of components and i think that because yes it is kind of like a, an inventing of a new wheel you know of a fairly new wheel like it, it's going to take some time to really or perhaps like know, acknowledging and affirming you know, previous projects and just trying to give them greater definition yeah absolutely Ab- exactly absolutely so because one, one of the bands that I interviewed uh that i thought they were pretty politically motivated because they had a lot of discourse about politics and, and expression and things like that but then in, as I interviewed them, and I'm not going to name them, mm-hmm. uh, it just sounded like they were really invested in escapism and like mm-hmm. getting people like, oh, just have a good time. I'm like, yeah, but also, yeah, <laughs> like, what, what the fuck like, are you trying to do? Yeah, like, I think a little bit you have all this big talk about theory, but then you're just like, oh, I just want, I just want to party, man. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I can choose to not include my, you know, them in yeah. my podcast, and then yeah. I do that. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> have editorial control. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just disappointing, you know. It is disappointing. And I think, like Tony was saying, that's a really, you know, I don't want to say unique because I definitely think there are other groups out there that have their, their stuff together and they're able to be reliable and hold each other accountable and, and be responsible to each other. I think that's what's so beautiful about this group is that we are kind of like a family in the sense that, um, that you know, we know how to have a good time. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, we know how to have a good right, time. Right, right. But, um, but I think we all really feel this sense of collective responsibility to the, the to our overall goals and to kind of our our mission as a band and in that in the communities that we emerge from and definitely and i think that i was just about to say like that the i think that sense of collective responsibility comes from the fact that we we were all you know conscious individuals that were doing active work before we came to Mm -hmm. this group and so having that foundation already as individuals and then coming together and making a group with individuals that had that already in their you know tool belt it's just you know Mm -hmm. i don't know if we could ask for anything more Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. yeah, 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 and then I don't know. Just yeah. like for me, like you know, I'm saying that like I've done like anti-war activism before, but I think for me, I think in terms of you know the work that we're doing and kind of what we're thinking about, like I would really like to focus on like kind of pushing people to explore their identities using music and arts, you know, mm-hmm. and we've talked about doing collective songwriting workshops and we've talked about doing, you know, stuff with drumming and just pushing people to kind of really use the arts to grab onto parts of themselves. And I mean, that's something that I've learned as an artist is that like art has, music and art has completely taught me about myself 
And I, Absolutely. you know, I think we want to, one of the most empowering things a person can have in their arsenal is to really truly know themselves. Mm. And, um, you know, for me, I think that that's, um, that's something that we're probably going to be exploring in the future as a band and how we can do that in community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, I think the greatest gift we can give somebody as producers of culture and, mm-hmm. and information is to help them find their voice, right? Definitely. Help them yeah. find their direction and their vision. Yeah. And just give them tools to do that, whatever it may be, whether it's filmmaking, mm-hmm. music, yeah. podcasting, if anybody wants to help on that, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. What other sort of activism do you all get involved in? Um... I consider myself an artivist. Mm-hmm. Can you um, say what that means to you? To me, that means that I'm um, engaged in creating art for the community that is geared towards either raising awareness about certain topics or, uh, like we were saying before, um, really gearing towards self-empowerment and sort of giving... Um, through the arts, because I'm, I'm also, uh, I teach theater mm-hmm. to youth, and that's uh, something that's really important to me, is is working with the youth for that self-empowerment through the arts, and um, and like how we were discussing, you know, uh, helping people find their voice, whether it be through theater, or music, or painting, or podcasts, or, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is that helps that individual um, feel grounded and feel like they have a platform and like their voice matters. So what sort of, what, just so I understand, what kind of topics have you worked on in the past? Um, like for example, uh, on the album we have a song called Mama Needs Water mm. and uh, you know, that's something that's really relevant right now um, in the sense that we are in a huge drought mm-hmm. and um, and there's there's a lot of um, sort of corporate greed that goes along mm-hmm. with uh, with where our water is going. So, for example, that song um, raises that issue. Raises the profile of that issue. Yeah, sure. and and uh, helps spread that need to know, and and then also a call a call to action. And I guess um, in terms of of my. Uh, artivism then it's my responsibility to figure out or for us to figure out what's the next step okay so now everybody knows this but what do we do about it yeah and so um, that's another component of what we're doing and um, we're reaching out to different organizations and trying to partner up in order to sort of have a follow-through and um, in in that way I, I feel connected to uh, activism and why I uh, consider myself an artivist. Yeah, because I think the intersection between activism and cultural production makes the activism accessible, right? It makes it easier for people to start digesting it and masticating on it and and think about what it means to them and how they respond to it. Yeah. Here's like three things at once and I have no (laughs) idea what they are. There's a big truck over there, the helicopter, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Tony? What, what do you throw down on? Uh, a whole bunch of things. I mean, like, I think, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was really involved with with the uh, Coalition Against Police Brutality mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also dealing with um, hanging around with, like, some, like, anarchists back, like, you know, when I was a teenager and stuff. Yeah, right? We'll get in there for a little and while. Then, uh, and, you know, and, and then, um, 
I was really involved like during during my my time at UCLA. I was I was in Mecha UCLA over yeah. there, so doing a lot of work. What years were you um, there? And like oh like oh four oh four okay. oh, oh four all the way to like oh six oh seven. Okay. And um, yeah, just kind of um, so in in you know working with them, you know we kind of touch on issues of immigration, issues of labor. Uh, but I really focused on education. I was already kind of involved in education and, and um, you know, I really decided to kind of gear my, my energy and attention towards that. And, you know, and they kind of go from there. So, so I've, and then ever since I've kind of devoted myself to, uh, to music education and really, um, really trying to, to take that cause on and, and help kind of help, uh, you know, do my part by, by trying to, get instruments in kids hands and mm. you know that's kind of like the work that I do mm-hmm. um, outside of this group you know um, I work for a nonprofit called Little Kids Rock and <laughs> you know and and that's you know I kind of feel like you know especially with everything that's going on with like school shootings and and yeah. and just there's, there's just so much pain and um, you know I kind of feel like, like dislocation and I just hear stories of like just youth being lost and yeah absolutely. I mean it's, and it was always there yeah. but it seems like it's intensified in a way that yeah well because everything's happening at a faster rate now you know like mm-hmm. like I think communications you know like you can become a celebrity or the most hated person or both in a matter of days now you know what I mean like it it's incredible the way things like that happen and or you could be chastised you know what I mean? Like uh, on via the internet as a, as yeah. a kid, you know, in, in, in a kid's world. So, yeah, yeah. so when I think right. about like, you know, like music, I, I can, I can say that like literally music has saved my life. Like it's something that I find, mm-hmm. you know, I have found my voice. I have like figured out more about who I am, but beyond that, like, I, like, I don't know. I don't know what, I, what my life would have been like if it, if music wasn't like a huge part of my life, you know? And it, it gets very scary to think like what the you know what what those kind of outcomes might have been. Yeah. So, for me, it's been it's been a it's been a form of refuge. It's been a it's been a space of like healing, a mm-hmm. uh, space of collaboration of just you know like a medium to kind of like to see the world to like encounter other you know beautiful people who who just carry that that energy with them you know and really feel the same way. So I'm I'm really kind of my my personal kind of way of attacking this is is to really try to provide those opportunities for for kids you know in different parts of LA yeah and and thinking about youth and bullying the first thing that comes to mind is obviously this is not obviously but this isn't my experience but like I I did a lot of activism with queer and transgender youth and Mm -hmm. and what we're finding is that folks are coming out earlier and transitioning earlier but that also means they're much more vulnerable earlier and you're you're seeing a higher incidence of suicide particularly among transgender youth of color uh, you know, and like every week, there's like another article about somebody either getting killed, mm-hmm. being the, getting the shit kicked out of them, mm-hmm. or just killing, killing themselves. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that that's still an issue. That there's, you know, uh, that we have a lot, we have a long way to go still. I think that we've made, you know, a lot of um, of progress in terms of awareness, in terms of, you know, you know, I think people would point to the the, you know kind of more mainstream icons that now we have that are sort of yeah, you know being yeah or the I was I was kind of maybe more speaking to like the figures that we have mm. in, in media and stuff like, like that Cox, yeah like, that we're trying yeah. to trying that are kind of taking on the maybe the face and stuff but I would still say that even for how, however much it's you know being you know uh, different identities are kind of being more what mainstreamly accepted in media and and um um these more, you know, kind of normative realms, it's still, you know, the, 
kids of color that are just, you know, figuring their stuff out and they're not celebrities are still like at high, high risk, you know, if they're queer or transgendered or, you know, figuring out their sexuality. And it's, um, yeah, I think that's a, it's a really pertinent issue right now that I think we need to talk a lot more about. And even when I was at, when I was at my PhD program at UC Santa Barbara, the what we were discovering about the un, all the undocumented student movement is that they were increasingly having acknowledging and mm-hmm. um, dealing with really high levels of mental health stress too. Mm-hmm. And like now, there's just finally like some response to that, and mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. undoc centers are offering mm-hmm. mental health services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. it's you know it's it's, it's a sort of like catch twenty two of encouraging people to step out, and then mm-hmm. the unintended consequences of like the stress that that takes, and not having things in place to support that definitely and I think that goes back to just our overall still um, kind of stigma on mental health you know and and really taking it seriously as you know a source of of you know something that's essential for your well-being um and and not yeah not having you know getting help and, and seeking out resources be stigmatized or be looked down upon or be looked at as a, as a weakness and um you know something that i see as really influencing mental health is you know participating in uh, you know something that you're passionate about mm-hmm. like the arts you mm-hmm. know it's just it makes so much of a difference you can see it when you do workshops with students or youth mm-hmm. you can see it you can see how much joy you know they get from music and actively doing it you know not just even even listening and going to a concert is is wonder it's a wonderful experience unto itself but it's a whole other world to participate and mm-hmm. be the one making the music and be the one contributing and, and being that acknowledgement what it does yeah, for self-esteem and self-confidence yeah yeah exactly and um and i think that that's why you know arts engagement in the community is so important because it it does offer those spaces where you know maybe it's not traditional therapy in the sense of going and sitting and talking with somebody which has its place and is important also but it's definitely therapy in the terms of you know building up your self-esteem building up self-confidence you know giving you giving you the go-ahead and the the okay to be happy Mm -hmm. for even a moment you know whereas Mm -hmm. like I think a lot of Youth today, it's like, you know, you got to be hard, you got to be tough, you got to, you know, life is hard, like, deal with it, you know, but we got to... Because it is, but there's moments of, of course, joy, too. of course, you got to have those spaces yeah. of joy and happiness and... Just, and be willing enough and, and being strong a, enough to embrace it. And being a kid, happens. too, where you get to right. be a kid. You get to play. In music, you get to play still. Yeah. You know, we still play. That's what we do. <laughs> we still play together. We still mess around and try different ideas and explore and create and discover and get curious and you know that's another space where kids still can just be kids and just play you know yeah so there's so much beneficial aspects to you know doing this in community and doing it with with youth especially yeah Mm -hmm. no i I mean as an activist too i I feel really strongly that like the most important thing we can do is is construct spaces where people can be vulnerable and and connect to each other in a you know, in a platonic way where it's not complicated mm-hmm. by those physical components, of course, too. Of course, yeah. you know, So that you can share and you do feel Definitely. that someone else is connected to you and not just, you're Definitely. not just sailing by yourself or Definitely. whatever. Yeah, and that you're not going to be uh, judged. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think yeah. so many times, you know, people walk around wearing a mask because they don't want, you know, they're, they're, they don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah. So they're, like, tough and they wear yeah, this really yeah, thick yeah. mask, right? But it's about... Um, creating those spaces where that comes off and and yes you know it's a space to to feel joy and be happy and and and, and celebrate life but also um having spaces 
where where you can't express mm-hmm. your anger or yeah. Yeah. your sadness or disappointment or whatever it is and not be judged by it and 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 still be um, appreciated and have your voice have value um, is it's creating those spaces that is really important to me individually and I think as mm-hmm. a band that we're also trying mm-hmm. to develop what that means and how do we hold that space for each other and then how do we hold that for the community mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And the sites of introspection that we just really, yeah. because I remember that like a lot of folks I grew up with that were just angry and thugs, like just clearly people just didn't know how to talk, like it was mm-hmm. just that simple, yep. right? And they so you talk through your, your physical presence, right? And people were in fights all the time. It's a very powerful tool of communication, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so, trying to describe what we're so we're on like a like four different levels and I have them on the second and third one and I'm like dancing around between them it's keeping me awake I'm trying to open up my hips a little bit a little tight this week sleeping on couches and floors (laughs) nice everything feels a little rough the life right there I'm getting old man I can't do this anymore (laughs) (laughs) I got no budget for hotels it's crazy (laughs) oh man Uh, yeah I mean, yeah, this is what it's about, like, just this conversation, right? Yeah. Like, having those moments of joy, like, getting deep and, like, really feeling Definitely. it. And also describing what that feels like mm-hmm. and effectively describing that. Mm-hmm. And trying to model that behavior, too, right? Because if we're not introspecting and we're not yeah, really exactly. interrogating our feelings, then how is our audience going to do just that? Just a poser yeah. at right? that point, you yeah. know? So, yeah, yeah it's... Got, it's got, no, got no time for posers in this. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And it's really, you know, and it's really interesting. Like, that's one of the things, like, we, you know, we've been spending a lot of our time over the last three years uh, writing songs um, getting to know each other and, and both musically and personally and kind of like figuring out what we have and what you know how we're going to take it so um, there's you know there's been a lot of like internal work and it's really interesting to see how like now that we're going to release the album like what that's going to look like in terms of taking you know taking this how dynamic it, how it lands out. and yeah, just it's you know, I mean, it's, it's scary. I mean, I, I would imagine like it's exciting you, you for don't know me. Gonna take it. You're yeah, shit. I mean, for me, it's exciting. Like you know, yeah. like it, it's not like we. And I don't mean to say to make it seem like we've been in a bubble and like, you know, in our in our right, rehearsal right, studios right. or right, right. in our homes. With you know, like we've definitely been interacting with yeah. with the you know with communities and you know we 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 toured we toured all the way up to Seattle mm. uh, earlier this year. We've gone to Arizona, hit up hit the Bay Area. So, you know, we we've we have been out there, but. But not necessarily like, you know. I think it's it's one thing like until you actually have. Uh, you wanna wait for? Yeah, let's wait a second. <laughs> Some vato needs to get his keys quick. quick. <laughs> I mean, most of the other sounds I can deal with. That's just so shrill that yeah, there's no way to talk over it. Well, especially here, it's just like. I don't know. Well, this is like a sound chamber too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And apparently an air chamber too. Right? <laughs> There's a whole it's little microphone. All right, here we go. Yeah. Uh, you, so you're up in San Francisco. You're traveling. Yeah. So you know, there's there's been engagement, but it's kind of one of these things of like until we have our album, like we're only trying to like we're we're having to kind of um, you know like people will get it from the performance, but at the same time, like in terms of like connecting to our lyrical content, for example, yeah. like they don't they haven't had access to that yet, so. It's really interesting to see how like a lot of these things that we've been talking about 
and yes we perform musically like to see kind of like how it's going to be taken in uh just from the public and what that's going to look like for for us and how that's going to change our dynamic because i kind of feel like the dialogue now will increase you know between like us and and different communities and different you know organizations that we decide to work with and and so on you know and just and just you know for quote unquote your own credibility it's important just to have an album to just have in your hand and say this is what we made this is what we're about here do you want to work with us yeah absolutely otherwise it's just too abstract yeah exactly you know so so yeah a lot of a lot of time and energy has been spent on development it's like it got increasingly louder than the last 10 minutes <laughs> where's that coming from i thought it was over there it's also a really shrill sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're good. Also, I was just saying, like, we're you know we spend we've been spending a lot of time creating. You know, like, yes, we've been out, but but um. Yeah, like now, now it's going to be about kind of, you know, spreading our music and, yeah. and really kind of branching out and having that anchor. And yeah, and being, and being a lot more public. I mean, we still want to songwriting things, but but this has just been such a huge project. You know, it's going to be a double CD with, with mm, uh, really? Yeah, with uh, 14 original songs. Heard it first here. Yeah. Heard it first here. That's right. <laughs> or whatever I managed to post yeah. this. Yeah. So. <laughs> I might be the 10th person. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, so so it's 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 uh, I don't know. At least for me, it's 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 not a scary feeling. Like I feel very positive about. It. I think like Good. you know the the reaction has has been nothing but positive Good. so far. So so it's been very encouraging and and um, just looking forward to seeing kind of what the next phase for you know what, what kind of like what the next phase is gonna look like. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for us too, it's really important to have a full album and even. I would, you know, because I think some other people have asked me, like, why are you guys coming out with a double album for your first album? <laughs> you know, I don't... Go big, homie. <laughs> yeah, big. yeah. Go back off. But I think for, specifically for our group, because we did have this trajectory of, you know, originally we were kind of br all brought together and facilitated by Tony and we were, sorry, and we were, um, we were, we were performing the songs that he had written, which was amazing, but then we kind of had this, like, other chapter that wasn't really far away enough to really consider it another whole separate time in our trajectory of, of growing as musicians and as a band together so it these two kind of distinct musical sounds were sort of in the same growth period of our group and so we really felt like they belonged together but they were so distinctly musically um, unique that we really wanted to highlight both you mm. know and put them out but put them out together still and so that when you listen to the album people are going to be able to see like okay we can do all this but we can also do all this and all of that together makes quick yeah that's bold yeah way to start, you know? yeah you gotta get past the noise somehow right? yeah 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 there's a lot of shit out there yeah <laughs> yeah Indeed. Yep. yep all right yeah. so we're getting close to to our hour is okay. there um any I used to say last words, and I realized that's pretty cryptic. So. <laughs> <laughs> any, 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 any phrases that <laughs> you feel people need to hear? Any final thoughts? Anyone want to close this out? <laughs> 
They're just kind of looking at each other. For <laughs> like, mm. yeah, I mean, even that, you just set it up for like this big moment. I know, know? right? <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, like now, now I got to deliver on this, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, you know, just thank you for, for uh, taking the time to, to talk to us and get to know us more. Yeah, man. Um, we're, you know, we're really excited to, to connect with, with the country and, and even, you know, the world internationally and, and spread our music and our message and, and, and just connect, connect and really um, inspire inspire people to to put some work in as well you know like this is something that we feel we're part of something that's much bigger than ourselves and and, mm. and um, we want we want to to connect and kind of like move together with other like-minded people yeah, dope. I just want to say fun fact there <laughs> we go um, <laughs> I like it I like it Kuikani is a Nahuatl word. There we go. Um, I also avoid asking that question too, so I'm glad you just popped it up. What the, the name so of what the is, What does your title mean? Oh. Um, yeah, I trying to avoid that. Well, I think... But I appreciate I, that. I don't think people it. really know what it means, and not we don't really get asked it too much. And when we do reveal it, it's like, oh. oh. So, it's a Nahuatl <laughs> word. Uh, Nahuatl is one of the languages that is still spoken. Yeah, uh, and And one of many languages, although it's... It's the one that has been studied a lot. Um, it's one of the more prominent ones, right? In Mexico, but this is not the only one. But it's not the only one. Yeah. Just wanted to make that clear because because sometimes I feel like, you know, we get really Nahuatl centric and it's just one of many. But it means Kuikani uh, means singer, mm. and uh, we chose that name because of you know uh, we feature three vocalists. But beyond that, it's this idea that we've been talking about for the past hour of of being a voice of giving a voice, of, of hoping to inspire others to find their voice. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we went with the name of Wikani. Nice. Ugh, back to the ground. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I just want to say thank you so much for doing this. It sounds like you have an amazing project going on and Thanks. we're always you know, excited to participate and collaborate with folks that are doing good work and you know, that are, you know, you're giving us a voice right now to, you know, speak our truth and to get our, our message and our, you know, our vibes out there. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and we're just, yeah, we're, I think we're really excited to, you know, premiere this body of work and just have people, you know, really delve into it and be able to hear everything from, yeah, cumbias to, you know, folk songs to you know funk and soul and you know throwback doo-wop kinds of stuff and it's just it's all over the board but it's it's really what what's the linchpin in it and what holds it all together is is the the kind of intention and the consciousness behind it and the songwriting Mm. you know and so we really hope that you know our stories and our lyrics and our words and our music you know touch people Mm. and we're yeah we're just excited to like share it with everybody so thank you for giving us this opportunity and i'll say that i usually don't put myself in but um (laughs) each one of these podcast experiences is very different for me right because it's it's a it ends up being pretty intimate and um yeah, I take a lot out of it, and I don't always know. It takes a couple of days for me to just like sit with it and process it, but I think I'm gonna really um, get a lot out of this just talking to you three. Mm-hmm. It's been nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank nice. you. Yeah. All right, have a good day, everybody. Thank you. Taco food truck just showed up too, so we definitely have to stop before they start. It's gonna be way loud. Yeah. I have to watch everything to see what's going on. All right, thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you. Bye.